When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the week 13 edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. Thank you for tuning in. I am Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I am with my main man, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL, as he is uh, amid what he's always doing midweek, which is turning the tape and making his observations about all that's going on in the world of NFL football. And we will be doing that today. We're going to focus a little bit on the AFC North, talk some Steelers, talk some Bengals, uh, a little bit of Ravens. Uh, some teams in the AFC West, Seattle and the Rams in particular, seem to be in distress. We'll get Baldy's thoughts on that. The 49ers, meanwhile, rising out West. Are they for real? Uh, what the hell's going on with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville? Uh, this is a kid who's never failed at anything in his life, who is failing pretty miserably within an offense that is failing pretty miserably right now. And we will also preview one of the biggest games of the upcoming week, the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills uh, in in a game that could determine that division. Um, and Baldy, uh, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I know your uh, your holiday was filled with plenty of football, as was mine. Yeah, no, it was good. It was really good. And uh, you know we we saw we saw a Thanksgiving Day game between the Cowboys and the Raiders. It was a flag fest. And people were complaining about, you know, 28 called uh, accepted penalties in a the game. There was a lot more than that called. But 38 and a half million people watched, Jason. 38 and a half million people watched the most watched football game in the NFL since 1990 in the regular season. And so anybody that thinks like this thing is dying on the vine or people have tuned out, they haven't. Now, the Cowboys and Raiders, they bring a big fan base and a following and all that. But it was a compelling game. It was a compelling game, and the Raiders won a game that they had to win to stay in a race. And the Cowboys, you know, without those two beautiful weapons on the outside of C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, um, which are hard to replace, uh, but everybody has to deal with this situation, um, you know, they they look fairly pedestrian, you know, when they don't have those guys making huge plays on the outside with Dak throwing it. So, uh, I, I had a great Thanksgiving, Jason. Uh, mine was filled with food, family, and football as well. And then I got to the Meadowlands in time or the MetLife Stadium in time to see the Giants' uh, woeful offense against an Eagle mm-hmm. offense that just had me scratching my head. Yeah, that's one the Eagles are certainly going to want back. Um, they 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 bossed that game but found a way to blow it in the, uh, in the red zone with mistakes, weird play calling, and then some egregious <laughs> – drops egregious yeah. drops yeah. uh well baldy um w- since we're talking uh good bad and ugly and 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 that was some ugliness let's uh 
let's talk about the Steelers and the Seahawks. And I've, I've lumped these teams together in my mind because they just, it looks like the end of a once beautiful thing. And um, we know that Ben is at the end and, and, and look, Russell Wilson just might um, cajole his way out of Seattle as well, given the plight of that team. But these are teams that don't have an abundance of draft capital. These are yep. teams that are still in the process of having to rebuild in the trenches. Offensive line, a big issue. Steelers defensive line without Stefan Tuitt this year, big issue. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting long in the tooth. Uh, they're not at the the sort of the perch and the pedigree that we're accustomed to. And I think it could be really rough sledding for both these teams down the stretch dealing with would amount to meaningless games in a way that those franchises just aren't accustomed to or haven't well, been for a long time. We're talking about two two of the best and most successful head coaches in the NFL, Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll. And I think, you know, when you get to week 12, Jason, and your team can't play to the vision that you have about how you want your team to play, uh, is that coaching or is that personnel? It looks like it's yeah. a whole lot of personnel issues yeah. Yeah. for both coaches because the coaches have proven that they can, you know, win a lot of different ways. But, you know, to see the Cincinnati Bengals take the Steelers apart, you know, with the 41-burger up there and Joe Mixon running through them, and they were having a parade on the sideline in Cincinnati. Yes. Uh, you know, they were dancing and celebrating, and that – I mean, that's twice now that they have taken the Steelers apart. And to see Taylor Heineke and the, you know, the the rekindled Washington football team just play inspired football. Um, and they're playing this the style of football that Pete Carroll probably really desires, oh, yeah. desires to play. You know, and that is hard hitting, aggressive defense, which you saw from Washington and Really, you see what Jack Del Rio is doing right now, and um, he's changing things up. He's giving you a lot of different looks, a lot of different fronts. And then, you know, to see Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick just control the clock with a short passing game that Taylor Heineke, you know, fashions um, and he was good at, Pete Carroll had to be looking at the Washington team going, that's what I want to do. Right. <laughs> That's what right. I want to do. Right. That's my style I remember right those there. days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Seattle can't play that way. And then if – if Seattle says, okay, well, we changed coordinators and, you know, we can't really run it because, you know, we can't keep a running back healthy and our line isn't that good, you know, well, let's get the ball to DK Metcalf. Well, they, they couldn't do that either. No. So I think, you know, both both coaches are looking at their rosters going, what? how do we fix this? Because they, they both need fixing right now. I found a couple of these stats that I dug up to be um, damning and shocking. Since Remember last year in December, December 2nd, the Ravens and the Steelers played on a Wednesday afternoon. The game got moved a bunch. The Ravens had nobody available due to COVID, right? It was RG3 and uh, the kid from uh, Penn State who's on Carolina, uh, McSorley. McSorley, yeah. McSorley at quarterback for the Ravens. And Mike Tomlin called it a JV game and the Steelers barely won 19 to 14. And remember they were undefeated, right? They were 11 and 0. Yeah. Baldy, since that game, the Pittsburgh Steelers, including the playoffs are one and five against divisional opponents, including okay. three spankings by the Bengals. One of yeah. which had Lindley or Finley or whatever his name was at quarterback. Right. Uh, the last seven games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Baldy, they have allowed 
1,098 rushing yards and 10 rushing TDs while at the same time themselves rushing for 3.7 a carry. I mean, that it's that that's not the Steelers. That's not Mike yeah. Tomlin, but that's who they are. Yeah, and no, I mean, Joe Mixon, you know, had 28 runs. He, he, he'd like to have 38 or 48. You know, he could, probably could win the rushing title if he kept lining up against the Steelers. And look, I... I like what Cincinnati's doing a lot. I mean, early on, we saw a lot of fireworks from, you know, Joey Burrow and, you know, Jamar Chase. And and now it's like it's Joe Main Mixon's team. And it's the right approach, but the Steelers were helpless. I mean, it seemed like every time Joe Mixon carried the ball, he was one-on-one with Minka Fitzpatrick, which is a bad thing. Yeah. If you're, you know, the first guy you're seeing is the free safety. And so – uh, you know, they, they, they have a, you know, they, this team is, is not built well in the trenches right now. And TJ Watt does not look like uh-uh, TJ Watt right, right now. No. He, does, he doesn't look right. So I, you know, I, I don't know all the different things that are going on with him, but he doesn't look like the guy that has been a dominant defensive player. Um, you know, Cam Hayward can only do so much. Yep. Um, you know, they're putting him on the nose and trying to mix things up to stop the run and, it wasn't working good. So, you know, and then you look, the, the quarterback is clearly is, is, has stayed too long. Yeah. And that's the Steelers fault for not moving on and not having a plan and just kind of keeping their fingers crossed that he could do it. But when you can't move anymore, Jason, in this business, forget about it. it, it you really, you really do. You really have to just move on. And the Bengals have, uh, they have upgraded their roster tremendously. You know, they they struck gold in free agency. Mike yes. Hilton with a pick six. Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson, Jason, has 24 sacks in his last 26 starts. Jesus. And and, and he feeds Sam Hubbard on the other side. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Cheeto has been a, a, a wonderful addition at corner. Like, they struck gold on in, in Ogunjobi inside, DJ Reader inside. They went to free agency and – you know, a lot of teams overspend and they end up, you know, really uh, regretting some of the things that they do. You you can look at this Bengals roster and the upgrades that they have and you go, that was money well spent. You know, they really had yes. a good target. They got the right guys with the right culture. And they they brought a lot of that to Cincinnati. They have. And I, I think they are. You can make the case that they end up being the best team in the AFC or close to it. And they certainly seem to be the best team in that division. Because remember, the last time they went to Baltimore, they hung 41 on them too, including 28 unanswered in the second half. Um, Where are you on the Cleveland Browns? They go into the bye. They're clearly limping. They've been held to 17 points or less in five of their last six games. Um, I know they're sticking with Baker Mayfield, but should they, Baldy? Because... He's, well, he's I went not back and watched it. Right I went back and watched it. And, and Baker certainly missed throws. There's there's things that are happening to him. In that, you saw it the week before as well, um, where the ball just comes out funny. He just yeah. sails on him. Now, and I don't know if that's his shoulder or if that's another injury, or that, but it's not Baker. Like That guy has always been able to drive a football um, and have accuracy with the deep ball. Okay, so that's there's certainly things there. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean, everybody was culpable. Yep. I mean, they run a you know they run a flea flicker, and Jarvis Landry has the ball, you know, knocked out of his hands, yep. fumble. Baker has a screen to 
you know, Kareem Hunt that might hit, he might have hit his head on a goalpost and the ball flies out of his hands and it's fumbled, you know. Yep. Um, Donovan People Jones has a ball thrown right to him in the middle of the field for a big chunk and he drops it. Like everybody is culpable. Um, you know, they, they lose Jack Conklin in the first quarter of the game. The, the backup is yep. not comparable. Uh, Wink said, to hell with it. We're coming after you. And they and they did. And you well, know, they, the run. They, they also threw 15 of their first 20 plays, which I found odd considering they had Chubb and Hunt back for the first time right. together in forever. And we know that Baker Mayfield is crippled. Like, I get that that was the game plan you used against them on the Monday night game late last year. And it worked. But this quarterback ain't that quarterback. Yeah. And, and you know, the Ravens, I, you know, sometimes they just break down like they, they do so much that they just blow fuses back there sometimes with their overloads and pressures. And, and you can see it. And, you know, they Cleveland did not take advantage of it a couple of okay. times that they broke down well enough. Um, and so I, I'm not, I don't want to kick Cleveland out of the club yet in the AFC North. Okay. There is time. Uh, they, they, they do have what it takes because defensively they played great. Yes. They played really great. I mean, you know, between the interceptions and, you know, I mean, Miles Garrett and, Clowney, Malik McDowell, they, they were chasing Lamar all over the place, forced him into a lot of mistakes. Um, I, I'm not in love with the Ravens, but, you know, they they they, they do find a way to win these close games. And, um, you know, they kind of have their hat in their hand a little bit. But uh, I don't know how long they can keep riding this wave, of, you know, the, the way that they win these games. Like, they, they, don't, they don't look convincing. No, in these games, start to finish, and Harbaugh can say whatever he wants to say. At the end, they don't look like a solid. To me, Cincinnati looks solid. They yes. play. I know Cleveland took them apart a couple of weeks ago, but for the most part, over the last six weeks since that Baltimore game, they look like a solid football team. They don't beat themselves. They know what they're good yep. at. Um, they they look like the bet. They they look like they play as a team. They look well coached to me. Like I I like watching Cincinnati play. This this is another number that strikes me as odd, and it makes me wonder if at some point the bell is going to toll for the Ravens. I like looking at a metric net touchdown differential, right? How many touch? Because, you know, okay. field goals, it's a touchdown yeah. league, right? You want seven, yeah. not three. The Baltimore Ravens have allowed two more touchdowns than they've scored this year. Okay. Like, they're the number one seed in the AFC. Like, you know, New England's like plus 23. Buffalo's right. like plus yeah. 17. Dude, yeah. even Denver, even Denver is at zero. They've scored as many touchdowns as you give them. Like, the Ravens are ninth in the conference in touchdown differential, but they're the one seed. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is Justin Tucker going to kick 60-yard field goals? I mean, he might. Like, it might. Like, it might go on. Well, like, nobody might given up more year, but, but nobody's given up more passing yards in the Baltimore Ravens in this whole yeah, league. and big plays. You know, how can they be? more big plays. Yeah, I mean, how can they, you know, you're right. I mean, there is, it's, it's like I said, like they don't look like a great team to me. And they don't look solid start to finish in these games. And they don't run the ball the way they once ran the ball up front. And there is some weaknesses on the offensive line that, you know, I don't know that they can get through December and into January and play great football in right. January with. And so, uh, you know, without – a couple of Hail Marys to Mark Andrews. I don't know that they even beat Cleveland in that yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, it, they've got a mojo going. I just don't know if it's sustainable in January 
when you play the best of the best week after week after week. And also Lamar Jackson's last five games, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, a rating of 71.4. So they're going to have to get the passing game going again. Um, well, Baldy, look, I'll say this much moving out west. About a month ago, I would have told you that the uh, San Francisco 49ers are cooked. In fact, I'm the jackass who wrote that column. After <laughs> after you solved, speaking of JV teams, after the Arizona Cardinals JV team emasculated them. I, yeah. I just figured, okay, these guys, it's just not their year. They're feeling sorry for themselves, all the injuries. We lost our running back, blah, 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 blah. Well, I wouldn't want to face the San Francisco 49ers this week or next week or or maybe any week, and and you look around that division and that conference all of a sudden um, after they found a way to win a, a tough game with the Vikings, and you say, uh, maybe they're back. Well, I said, you know, way back when, like maybe beginning of October, that they had to find a way to get Debo Samuel the ball more. He was the best player. And, you know, and they did. You know, and so last week now he, he's out with a groin injury or something yeah. this week. But, but you know, They've been lining him up at tailback. He's, he's he's run for five touchdowns now. He ran two last week, and it was a difference in the game against Minnesota. Uh, they they play they, – they've got their outside zone scheme working as well as anybody right now. They're playing really well up front, and it's everybody. It's the receivers. It's the tight ends. It's the fullback. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has got a lot more power than you would think you'd get from a six-round pick that they took because – he ran in the four threes in his pro day, and they said he had speed, but he's got power, and he's got really good vision. They're playing really well. They're playing their style of football. Uh, the quarterback is not great. Um, right. They're not asking him to do a ton when they can run the ball like that. I thought they beat a, a good Minnesota team, mm-hmm. and they finished the game out. They had a goal line stand earlier in the game. They went for it on fourth down. They didn't get it, and then they finished them out at the end when they had a chance to drive the field. So defensively, they made some stops. They did it without Fred Warner on the field. Um, but they've got a good eight-man rotation right now on the defensive line. And guys like Arden Key and Kevin Givens are giving them good snaps. Boza has been elite. Um, they're, they're doing a lot of good things. They they go to Seattle, uh, and they have a chance to win their fourth in a row. But they're playing, they're playing good football right now. And they're playing, like to my point I said earlier about Pete Carroll and Mike Tomlin, they look like a Kyle Shanahan coach team right yeah. now. They they they're playing his style of football, and he's he's dem- he's demanding, and things have to be done a certain way. And they weren't doing that earlier in the year, but they are playing that style right now. And he doesn't have to field questions about his quarterback situation right. and all that stuff they had to do for much of the season. And so they they're getting right at the right time and. In, you know, it started with that win against the Rams where they just physically yeah, just took the Rams apart. And so you come, you know, you beat the Rams on a Monday night and you come back the next day and you say, hey, maybe maybe we can be pretty good. And then you beat a bad Jacksonville team and then you beat Minnesota who's playing good football. And, you know, you go to work every day in Santa Clara and you're like, we can be pretty good. And so I think, I think things have turned in San Francisco right now about how to play, what it's going to take to win. Um, and I, I expect them to keep this going. Is Trent Williams the best left tackle in football? He does things that nobody else uh-huh. – <laughs> in fact, I have to do this podcast um, or at least talk to a guy that does a podcast in Minnesota about what what they saw in San Francisco this weekend. And Trent Williams does some things that nobody else does. Like he can slap a defensive end to the ground on the backside and go block another guy. Like he can block two 
like it's a Black Friday sale. Like he can get two for one on like almost any single time. And he does it like you. I don't even know how you coach some of the things he does, Jason. He he is a phenomenal talent. Um, and the way that he plays, he, he could probably play for another three or four years at a, wow. an extremely high level because of the way that he plays. I mean, it's hands and feet and just um, just a style that kind of keeps him out of the fray without getting rolled up and hitting, you know, all kinds of crazy things that happen to offense tackles in this league. He, he sort of gets out of that harm's way of doing it. Well, you mentioned the Rams a couple minutes ago. Uh, how the mighty have fallen three straight games with a pick six for Matt Stafford. Um, Aaron Donald, not dominating the defensive MVP discussion, which I think if they're on top, it's in large part because he's the best defensive player in football week in week out. Not saying he's having a bad season, but he's not having his best season. Uh, losing Robert Woods clearly hurt. Um, you said at the time when they started losing running backs that you thought, that was going to become a problem for them. It, it it has been. They're not running the ball as well as they'd like, and the offensive line has something to do with that. Um, how how much how much hot water are the Rams in? Well, I, I think they can you know get right against Jacksonville this week at home. But you know you think about it, they haven't won a game in a month. Their last win was at Houston, all right, at the end of October. So they've gone a month without winning a game. And that's including a bye week where, you know, they get beat by San Francisco. They go take a bye. And, you know, I remember watching the press conference after they lost to San Francisco. And physically, they got beat up badly by the 49ers. I remember Sean McVay saying, we're going to get this thing fixed. Well, they didn't. And really, all we have to do is just turn the tape on, watch any series. And all they do up front on their offense line is position block. They don't move anybody. There's no physical presence to their offense. And if you're going to say, okay, Matt Stafford, go beat, you know, go throw the ball and beat him. He, he's, he's not that guy. He he's missing a lot of throws. He's making some throws. I mean, the throw to, you know, to Van Jefferson for oh, yeah. you know, 79 yards, beautiful throw, throw to OBJ. I mean, he can make some big throws, but it's not a consistent thing. And he, I don't think Matt Stafford at his age, and there's age there. Um, you can say that, you know, he's a young 35, whatever he is, Jason. I don't know. Yeah. But, there's there's age there. It shows up at times. Um, decisions under duress, uh, you know, can be questioned. The pick sixes are, are real. Like, they're not always all quarterback's fault. But, you know, they keep showing up. Yeah. I, I think up front, until they can figure out how to knock people off the ball, because that's what you have to do in, in, in playoffs. You got to knock people off the ball. These finesse teams aren't going very far um, for very long. So I, I think they're in trouble. Uh, and, you know, they they just still get to the playoffs. You know, they got Jacksonville and they can beat Seattle. And, um, you know, but they, they still got a tough schedule in front of them. And I'm not outside of Jacksonville this week. I'm not just giving them right. wins against anybody right now. Yeah, I. I, and, I and the one thing, the one thing, you know, I've, I've said this before, and you, you hit on Aaron Donald, like they're built around stars. They invest heavily in their stars. Like, I, I don't see Jalen Ramsey right now changing yeah. the game. Yep. Uh, you know, that opening touchdown by Green Bay, it's a read option. I mean, I, I didn't think that Aaron Rodgers with a, a broken pinky toe, whatever that is, is going to run read option basically right at Jalen Ramsey and throw him like a, you know, a backyard, you know, fake yeah. and get him to jump in the air and run by him. 
Like that's a play that Jalen Ramsey can't give up, you know, down the goal line. But I, I don't see their stars changing the game right now. And they have to. Like Aaron Donald can't just sack quarterback. He's got to get a sack fumble and, you know, pick it up and score. Like those plays aren't happening right now to this team. Yeah. Um the the stars are going to have to lead them because the depth isn't there, right? Because they've traded so many draft picks and top draft picks, and and those should be your next man up. But that cupboard has been pretty bare. Well, you you mentioned Baldy. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody's homecoming game. Um, yeah. I've been tracking this for a while now, watching these games in the early windows because Jacksonville's pretty much early, always in the early window, and watching how they start games because they have this this glittering, glistening first overall quarterback who's you know, been the best quarterback in his age group uh, in the world going back to middle school. And I don't know what they're doing with him, but since the bye week, the infamous Urban Meyer bye week, they've played five games. Baldy, in the first half of those five games, Trevor Lawrence is 417 passing yards combined. That's the equivalent of two and a half games. He has no touchdowns. He has two interceptions. He's averaging barely over five yards in attempt, and he has a QB rating in the 40s. Um, this was a team that for most of the year was running the ball pretty well and seemed to at least have a, a, a way to maybe incubate him, and you could say, well, maybe they'll bring him along because of X, Y, and Z. But I look at that thing right now, and you look at Urban Meyer on the sidelines, and it's week in, week out, and people just put zone at this kid, and pretty much stomp him and then he gets some yards in garbage time but i mean they're two and nine like yeah they paid this guy a lot of money to come in there and change the culture and reverse this and that and i don't know man it's kind of looked like a joke to me like i i don't i don't see anything getting better i don't see signs of a team that's heading into december saying oh well this this and this were better when than they were in september i i don't see it and you know, the fact is the offensive line has played pretty well. They've run the yeah. ball pretty good. Yeah. Um, they contend James Robinson is a good football player. They run the ball. And you would think that if you could run the ball, right. you know, pretty well up front. I mean, this a little is bit of not play action. A, I mean, come on, show me something. You, you got to make the one game pay off. the best quarterback on the planet a year ago. Come on. I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it they, they can't score. I mean, they can't put drives together. They can't get chunk plays. Um, you would think that if you could run the ball uh, fairly well. I mean, you look at. You know, how does – I remember talking to Urban um, back in July, you know, at training camp, and he was raving about LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have a touchdown. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a touchdown, Jason. Like, this is a guy that they were counting on to be a big-time playmaker. He hasn't scored a touchdown. He's averaging less than 10 yards a catch. He was going to be their like, Debo Samuel, right? We're going to activate him in the run game. We're going to – he's yeah. going to be our chess piece. He's going to be our weapon. All right. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I was he was saying like, look, you know, we can't overload him, but you know, we he he's special. And you're right that that's not a bad comp to Debo. And you see well, the way 49ers have used Debo and all the different ways that they get him the ball and whatnot. And I don't see any of the creativity in any of that right now uh, from this offense. And I I feel like Urban Meyer is obviously a, a part of this whole thing. He hired his staff. But I, I think he's evaluating the staff as much as he's evaluating yeah. the players. And I don't know. I mean, Brian Schottenheimer has been around this league a lot of different places. Um, the way that they're set up, like, it it, it doesn't play to, to Trevor Lawrence's strengths at all, you know, right now. And so uh, this, is, this is a huge disappointment 
huge disappointment to see. Uh, you know, you think about the number one picks of quarterback that have come through here over the last couple of years, say Joe Burrow the week year before, before he tore his knee up last year, he was having a good season and he threw for 400 yards in games and you could see the talent and, you know, and this is before Jamar Chase, throwing it to T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and like they, you, you saw the talent. You just don't see that right now. Well, and, and look, I, I get that people will say, Hey, well, Peyton Manning went three and 13 and Troy Aikman and this or that, like, but there would be moments in games, you know what I mean, where you'd be like, oh, my goodness, not everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there would be you would come out of it and you could do a cut up of six plays where you're like, this is why he was drafted where he was drafted. I mean, I'm watching these games and it's I, 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 it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's death. You know what I mean? It's 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 anti football. I'm like, how how could this kid be this pedestrian? Yeah. No, I, I'm like, you don't see, you, you don't, there's nothing. He doesn't look like there's anything special to him no. right now. Um, you know, whether it's his accuracy or I, but I, I think a, a big part of it though, is the, just the offense that he's in yeah. right now. And I think that's, it's, it's holding him back. And when you take a guy that high and everybody says he's the best to come through there and generational and all the, the terms, then, okay. By this point, you got to figure out, what he does well, what you do well, and put him in those positions. And I don't see that enough. Yeah. Well, we've covered a lot of the ugly and the bad in the league and some of the good. Um, here's what we hope will be a great game, and it, it, it looks like potentially the game of the weekend. The New England Patriots are as hot as any team in football, and they look balanced and they look physical. And we know that they're developing their young quarterback <laughs> the best way possible. And the Buffalo Bills, for me, um, Baldy uh, – I think they're vulnerable. The offensive yeah. line is not great. Josh Allen yeah. trying to do a little too much at times. Stephon Diggs not having the season of a year ago. Uh, they're searching for which running back they trust. Yeah. And, you know, the, the defense suffered. You know, they they, they, lost, lost, the they lost one player. of their best players. Yeah. So that, that gives me a little pause. Well, I agree. And, you know, if you just look at what New England is doing, I mean, first of all, there's nobody, you know, they won last week. But there's nobody in New England feels good about it. Nobody. I mean, they gave up 270 yards rushing. Now, they took the ball away four times, and they forced fumbles. They did a bunch of stuff. Um, they could take the ball away. But they, they're they just an amazing organization. Just I mean, if you wanted to teach the game of football, Jason, to a 10-year-old kid or a high school kid or a college kid, you should watch the New England Patriots play. I mean – just to watch the way they protect the quarterback, the way that they run the ball, and the variety of ways that they run the ball, um, how they get the ball to their all these free agents that they brought in. Kendrick Bourne, I never thought Kendrick Bourne in San Francisco, maybe it was the way they used him, but I never thought he would be a guy that could go out there, okay, matched up against Kevin Byard, he's going to win. Like, he's winning. But the way that they coach every position – and they probably have the smallest coaching staff in the league. The way that they coach every single position is is just textbook, and it shows. And the level of detail is there. Uh, Mac Jones knows where his safety valve is on every play. Um, they still throw their running backs a lot, mm -hmm. you know, on all three of them. They they all have a, a skill set. Brandon Bolden, you know, Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. They all have a a, a certain, and, and it seems like. 
the question I always get from other coaches around the league is, well, we don't have enough time to do all this. Well, somehow <laughs> they find enough time to do all this. Right. Because it's, it's, it's different every week. Um, there's Their running game is different every week. Last week they played without their fullback. The week before, the fullback was the biggest part of the offense. Right. So I, I don't know how they find the time, except that they maximize everything that they do. And defensively, they gave up 270 yards rushing. They gave up the big touchdown to yeah. Dontrell Hilliard, all that stuff. But, man, do they they just whack you right in the mouth with those linebackers, man. Dante Hightower and Van Noy, and, like, they just play the game. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it because nobody else wants to say it, but Matt Judon is a severe candidate to be the, the player. Oh, the yeah. Like, he does so many – it's more than sacks and yes. pressures, like – that guy does more things on a field than just about anybody else on a field. Yeah, no, they and between him and J.C. Jackson, you're talking about two of uh, the very best defensive players uh, in the league. Um, Baldy, what uh, what do you have this weekend? Well, I mean, I'm kind of following the Colts around, so they go to Houston this weekend. I had to do an early game, so I'll see. Uh, I'll see if the Colts can get back on track. Carson is having a good season. Um, I thought they got away from the running game way too. Yeah. Like, they Not just early, but they didn't really use it early. And it was effective late. And I just thought they they just, you know, they had they had a, a, a bad eight-minute stretch in the third quarter against the Bucs. Otherwise, um, they outplayed the Bucs for the most of the game. Yes, they did. Yeah, I still think the Colts are a very dangerous and viable team in the AFC. And I think they have a five and three conference record. You know, some of their losses to this point have been to the NFC. And yes, I know they got swept by the Titans, but I think I think the Colts are more dangerous than the Titans right now. Um, but we appreciate you guys for listening in, as always, to us yap about football here on Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, you can find me at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Uh Please rate, review, subscribe uh, to us wherever you get your your podcast goodness, iTunes, what have you. Um, check us out on the Odyssey app. We uh, always in- enjoy uh, when you guys do that. And we look forward to chatting with you again a week from now when we look back at week 13 and preview week 14 of the 2021 season. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful week.